This is the podcast, Imaginary People, Places, and Things, and I'm your narrator, Julie Liddell Whitehead. Today's story is going to be split into four parts over the next four weeks. It's called So the Wind, and it's a story about evil in North Mississippi. So the Wind. Moses Tolliver walked into a room he'd never been in before in Parchman Prison. He blinked at the bright light and saw his old lawyer, Keevan Null, a little grayer and more stooped over, and a grown white woman next to him he didn't even know. He couldn't think of when Null had last visited him, and it wasn't a visiting room anyway. No glass separated him from the others. The guard hovered behind him for a moment, then he said, I'll leave you all to it, with a note of something Moses hadn't ever heard from a parchment guard. Was it respect? Moses couldn't imagine why there'd be any of that. Twenty years hadn't made that much difference in his age. Noel sat down in a chair, as did the white woman. Moses looked at her. She was black-haired and pale-faced except for reddened cheeks and lips. She had on a heavy mascara and her hair was slapped back into a clip of some kind. Moses gave up trying to figure out who she was. Noel would tell him when he was ready for him to know. Noel leaned back in his metal chair and waved his hand at the chair next to him. Come and have a seat, Mr. Tolliver, he said with a broad grin. We have news. Moses walked slowly to the chair and lowered himself down. The white woman kept her eyes directed at the floor. Mr. Tolliver, we're here to tell you that you're going to be a free man today, Noel said, showing all his teeth in a smile. Free, Moses said. You drove all the way up here to lie to me like that? Look around, Noel said. See anybody watching us? Moses slowly shook his head. Gonna take more explaining than that. The woman spoke. You're welcome, she said. Moses exhaled. Now there's a name I haven't heard in years, he said. I'm sure, Noel said. Well, we're here to tell you that he died a week ago. And he had a handwritten addition to his original will, dated 15 years ago. He had written out what happened to you in 1986 and how he was the one responsible for your family's deaths, not you. Moses felt his insides start to turn. What? The woman spoke up again. It's his fault you're here, Mr. Tolliver, and I'm sorry about all of this. Are you saying Hugh Walcombe set all those fires on my family? Moses said. She is, said Noel. Who are you coming in here telling me this? I'm Lena Welcome Shirley, she said. He was my daddy. Moses slumped down as 20 years of anger surged in him. But now he's dead and gone where no man can reach him and make him pay. Well, that's not quite true, Noel said. Moses looked askance at Noel. What do you mean? Daddy wasn't in his right mind the last ten years he lived, Lena said. But before his mind turned, he wrote out his confession and willed you all of his home place land to pay you back for what he'd done. Moses stared at her. How much? Seventy-five acres of pine land and ten of home place, Lena said, with sound leases to timber companies managing it. So if that was in his will, why didn't his lawyer say something while he was alive? Moses asked. Lena looked at Noel. 
Null inhaled deeply. Because he didn't give it to his white lawyer. He mailed it to me with a fee and told me not to open it until his death. I had no choice but to follow his wishes, but I had no idea what it was. So now I own his home place and all his timber, said Moses. And his confession stands up in court to let me go? The governor's office has filed a motion to vacate your sentence and wipe the conviction off the books, Noel said. The corrections commissioner has sent out an order declaring you can leave today, Noel said, his smile returning. Well, Moses said. Lena had taken a looking at the floor again. Mr. Noll, she said. Noll looked over at her. Yes, Miss Shirley? Can I speak to Mr. Tolliver for a moment, alone? I don't see why not, Noll said. I'll just go out and wait by the garden. You let me know when to come back in. Thank you, she said. Noll got up and saw himself out. And Moses was faced with a woman whose words were telling him that his wildest dreams had just come true. He wondered why she wanted to speak to him alone, but he had enough sense about women not to rush her into talking. She got up and walked to the door that Null had left through. She pushed on the door to make sure it shut solid. Then she spoke without turning to face him. As you can imagine, this has all been a shock to all us in the family, Mr. Tolliver. Not near so to you as to me, Miss Shirley. No, you don't understand, she said. I've been managing Daddy's money and his land since his mind went. I thought it would stay in the family, and now it isn't. She turned. We've all built on it. Me, my brothers, their kids, everyone. Our homes are there on that ten acres. We never divided it up legal. Just family out there, no need to. She paused. When I found out Mr. Noll was coming here to get you, I knew I had to talk to you. I want to make a business proposal to you. Business, he said. Really? She nodded, her eyes gleaming a little. I have out in my car a suitcase with $50,000 cash in it. It's all the money that Daddy's land made last year. I want to give it to you for rent for us to stay there and for you not to come back to Suckatawk County. She talked more faster now. You'll still own the land. We'll still send you the money for the pine harvest every year. But please just let us stay and we'll be forever in your debt. Moses sat and thought. Twenty years in parchment, he thought. Why did your daddy try to kill us all? Moses said. Lena licked her lips. I was pregnant and told him Charles Mosley had raped me behind the school building one night. He didn't know which house was Charles's in the dark. He was drunk and mad and, well, you know how he was. Moses closed his eyes. Your baby? I married Tommy Shirley and we raised her. So you lied to your daddy, Moses said. Yes, Lena said, staring at him calmly. Moses stood up slowly and started walking towards her. She must have seen the madness in his eyes. One scream from me and you're right back in that prison cell, Moses Tolliver. She whispered, no more freedom. He stopped. You're right, he said. Killing you isn't worth my time. So you take the money? He nodded. And not come back? He cocked his head. What's left for me there anyway? Her face relaxed. I knew you'd see reason, she said breathlessly, and he saw what a sparkling light of a girl she must have been once. She knocked on the door. Mr. Null? She called out. Null opened the door. All done with your business? 
Yes, sir, she said. Can the guard see us all out? He nodded. He certainly can, Null said. Null looked over at Moses. Your next breath can be a free air, he said, with his grin still in place. Moses finally felt a smile come to his face. Yes, sir, and it will be sweet. This has been the podcast. Imaginary People, Places, and Things, and I'm your narrator, Julie Liddell Whitehead. And remember, a story is only as true as you believe it to be. See you next time.